Okay, take four. <laughs> More internet issues for us. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode number five of the Brownie Bites show. My name's Vishaka. And I'm Rajvi. And we are really excited to take a bite into another week of delicious and sometimes bittersweet conversations about our interests and experiences as two brownies. Today we'll be talking about a topic that we've been meaning to for some while but have put on hold just a little bit but we're finally here and the episode's called Save the Dough, Moving Back Home After College. So I know a lot of millennials and Gen Xers can probably relate to this already or will relate to this uh, like my sister who is now in college and may end up moving back home after uh, she graduates. We'll see. I actually came across a Forbes article today saying that 50% of millennials moved back home after graduating from college um, and it was from 2018 so and COVID has uh, kept that trend going. That's a staggering statistic. And you and I have both moved back home after college. Yes, we have. (laughs) And so we are going to take a dive into that experience today and what that's been like for us. Now uh, we're both living on our own, financially independent, you know, single too. So like truly (laughs) independent. And that's been a huge uh, jump from where we were before uh, in our personal lives. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll let you start. I want to hear about when you moved back from home after college mm-hmm. and why you chose to make that decision. And were you truly ready for that? Yeah, so I moved back right after college after graduating college i didn't have a job lined up when i left college much to um my disappointment but again it happens you know you're you're looking and you don't know exactly what you want at that time and i didn't know if i wanted to go straight to law school or not but i decided to move back home um to um figure out what i needed to do for my next steps so um, that was a such a huge change. I mean, I love living with my parents, don't get me wrong, but it was so uncomfortable in the beginning because I was so used to just doing things on my own that I had to go back to like asking my mom if I can, you know, go step outside for a bit. Can I just, can I, can I go and see someone real quick? I definitely was ready to leave after six months of living there. I love my parents to bits and pieces, but oh my gosh, I was ready to move out. And lo and behold, I found a job right about a couple of months right out of uh, college and I moved back to Philly because the city can't keep me away for that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that must have been like, reliving your pre-college times and like a huge uh, step back in a way of just like what that experience was like Mm -hmm. so I'm glad you found something in in Philly right away because my mom made me move back only because I didn't have a job lined up as well 
And she said, you're not going to go and apply to jobs sitting in Philadelphia. Like, I'm not paying for you anymore. And I was fortunate enough for my parents to support, you know, my college education and, you know, housing. And so it, after she said that, it kind of made me feel bad that, like, why would I just waste more idle time here? Um, you know, I can apply to jobs from anywhere in the country. And so her rationale made sense to me at the time, even though I didn't want it to. And I was like, okay, I kind of owe this to my parents. Plus, it had been a really long time since I'd seen them, and I was getting homesick. And so I moved back home immediately after I graduated and was applying to jobs from there. And then suddenly an offer came knocking at my door from, guess what, not even a mile down the street. Okay, maybe like two or three miles, but... The company that I've been with, it was in the same freaking city as where my parents um, live in the suburbs, which is so random and coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of locked me into California, which was not what I was anticipating at all or what I wanted because I wanted a job in D.C. more within the public health realm. And then that kept me at home with them for a good, I would say, year and a half until I couldn't take it anymore. And a year and a half after living on your own in college and having that independence, not financial independence, but you know, social independence and mental independence is really challenging. I, I feel so bad saying this, but it's not because of that. It was just because I was so claustrophobic in suburbia. I just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. It was within a week i got my job and i was couch surfing with all of my friends in philadelphia just to find an apartment and i was i was able to find a roommate and an apartment within five or six days i can't believe you went through that whole ordeal of couch surfing because that's Mm. a true 20s experience and not many people especially of south asian background experience that and so proud of you yeah I mean there were all my there were all my friends I'm not gonna say like I was like couch surfing on strangers yeah, yeah, couches yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but like still. I, yeah it was it was nice some of them were really nice couches my friends have really good taste <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean it's definitely a trade-off uh living at home versus you know living on your own and there's so many, I think, dimensions to it. Like there's the, um, you know, h- how it takes a toll on your mental and emotional health. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, it may not be a negative thing, but just, you know, the nuances of that and then your physical space and environment um, and then your social life. So I want to get into each of these different categories and... Um, kind of address, you know, the experiences we had with each of them. First, I want to talk about, you know, physical space and environment. So what that was like living at home versus on your own. For me, when I moved back home, I was sharing a bedroom at 22 with my uh, then, what's 22 minus 8? Can can you help me with the math? (laughs) 14? You're asking the wrong person, yeah. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) I had to do um, 
this is gonna be so bad. I had to do 20 minus eight, which is 12, and then plus two, wow. <laughs> <sighs> Always struggled with math. I, I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, imagine sharing a bedroom at 22. Like, you can't. And I complained about it so much to my parents, and in hindsight, I have so much guilt about it because cost of living in California is just crazy. Like, they had a two-bedroom place for themselves. They weren't Mm -hmm. prepared to have me moving back home. The circumstances just kind of led to that happening, and you know, brown parents are so welcoming. Like, they're, they're never going to say no to you moving back home. Well, most. And I feel really blessed um, that my parents let me come back. But I had to adjust to um, the situation there and the logistics. And they felt bad, but they tried everything they possibly could to make the environment comfortable for me. What was it like for you? So... I'll start with saying the fact that, um, fun fact, Rajvi uh, is not a driver. She does not drive whatsoever. (laughs) It's a big hindrance. I don't know um, what is stopping me from being a driver, but you know, that's a a story for another day. But that Mm -hmm. being said, I moved back and I had to completely give up on my freedom. Not to say my parents didn't give me freedom, but there was a lot, like if I lived in suburbia, I lived, the nearest shop right from me was about a 20 minute drive. It was a long, it's, it was, it was distant. It was like a, everything was farther away. We had, we were surrounded by farmland, all that stuff. It was, it was, you know, so it was so difficult to just like, going from everything being like walking distance to like everything being so far away I can't even go anywhere so I was confined to my house I felt like I was on house arrest I wasn't I mean you know it wasn't like yeah that bad but um and then I have my my brother who was I'm thinking he was in high school at the time in 2018 so um living with a high school kid a high school guy is just <laughs> sorry <laughs> like your face i wish people could see your face <laughs> like i love my brother and i have my messy moments too actually i have more messy moments than he is cuz he's very organized but he does not know how to clean a bathroom and we had to share a bathroom and it's just not mm. Mm, it was just not fun yes Perrin, you uh did not clean the bathroom i'm going to tell all your roommates <laughs> but ouch ratting him out you know this will this will this will prove if he listens to my podcast because (laughs) very true i could come back to bite you exactly i know but that's but again saying that but i also had to i mean i don't mind doing chores and stuff i mean it's it's you know it's part of the thing and i want to help my mom out and stuff like that but i really had to learn how to be mindful of people's personal spaces and not get irritated if my personal space was in, invaded at points because if I'm sitting on the couch, I'm used to sitting alone and watching whatever I want to watch, but I can't watch certain shows in front of my parents. Otherwise, they're going to be like, what is this? What are you watching? Why are you watching this? So 
That's such a good point. Isn't that insane? Like, especially like South Asian parents, like there's so many things that you can't like I can't call I can't call my friends and like have a full on conversation with a, about about the things that we talk about because <laughs> that would, Yeah. That would pause. Or and the way that we talk about yeah. them. You know, as I was preparing for this episode, I didn't that didn't even strike mm-hmm. my mind, but that's such a big thing. Like I yeah. had to constantly shut my bedroom door and then go into the walk-in closet (laughs) shut that door and then muffle myself with all the clothes surrounding me to have a conversation about yeah you know the things that we talk about which is not like nsfw Mm -hmm. always but sometimes the way we talk about things it's just a little bit less mature and then our parents would want. Yeah. Like, I can't, I, I would probably answer the phone and be like, hey, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> my parents would not be okay with that. I'm sorry, I already, like, cursed already. But they don't, they, they, they know I curse, but I don't curse in front of them, right? It's just right. a respect Same. thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, pie deals. The pie deals. <laughs> <laughs> But so there are so many times where I get like a, a call or even if it's like a call from a guy, like it'll be my guy friend calling me and I'm just like, how do I answer this without having so many questions? I'll just answer it later. And then like I'll go in my room and then like very quietly talk on the phone like, hello, can you hear me? And all that stuff. Yeah. It was such a struggle. And it's like you're 22 years old and you just you mm-hmm. just want to like be able to live like an adult, which you don't because as a South Asian, if you live with your parents, you are a child. You are still a child. Mm-hmm. You will be treated as a child. You will be expected to do things that you used to do when you were living under them for the rest of their life, like for the beginning of high school right. and stuff. But but still contribute to the household chores, even though I'm kind of guilty of not supporting my parents enough in that role when I was back home. But, you know, there were expectations. Mm -hmm. And um, I will add one thing to what you said earlier, and it's not being able to walk around the house naked. Not that I ever do that, but seriously, I don't do that. But, you know, like, like, I'd have to wear a bra at home. Let's be honest, okay? <laughs> you know what I did today? I think it's so funny. Um, so living alone, I don't have my roommate here yet. So I... Oh, I, <laughs> birthday suit every day. <laughs> I literally wore a robe, my just my robe, the entire entire day. And I sat on my couch, mm-hmm. my leg up in the air. I have curtains, so it's not <laughs> a big deal. I had my leg up right. on, the, on my, um, on my da- table and... And I was watching TV, had my robe on, doing work. And it was just so, it was just this level of bliss that I have <laughs> I've never achieved mm-hmm. before. It was just great. Yeah. <laughs> Living that true bachelor life and exactly. I don't give a fuck attitude. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we touched a little bit on independence. So let's get into how that uh, kind of affected us. Because um, I talked about briefly how, you know, I didn't spend enough time and I really wish I did with helping out with chores. And I feel like you were so much better than me in this way. But 
Before going to college, I didn't know how to do laundry. I legit didn't know because my dad did my laundry all my life and I was just never taught and I never needed to learn at that point. And yes, I did my own laundry in college, but going back home, we kind of got back into the same rhythm where dad was doing the laundry for everyone and he was taking out the trash and mom was doing the cleaning and they were both paying the bills. And so my adult responsibilities at home were close to none. And, uh, and that can be seen as a pro maybe to some um, because of sheer convenience that I just didn't have to deal with that. But to me, actually, I wish I did because when I moved out on my own, I had to learn all of that by myself. And that was hard, um, just being thrown uh, into a situation like that. So I think the American system is so much better where, uh, you know, individuals are expected to do these chores uh, growing up their entire life. Yeah, 100% agree. For me, um, I am so guilty and of just forgetting that I have to help out and it's so sad because like I would I I'm living in my own world because I'm clear like you know there's there's so many things that pop up like you're talking to your friends you're doing so many things but I always forget that okay oh shoot I have to go do the dishes today today's my day to uh, do the dishes or my mom's still at work so I should probably go and do the dishes since I'm at home you know those things are mm-hmm. I should probably uh start some dinner or something like that or and and you know the the sad fact is in my house majority of the time it's me and my mom doing a lot of the work because i think it's just i don't know if it's a gender role thing but we've always had this understanding of uh i don't want to say it in like a negative term uh, thing but there's a certain thing that a woman does and then a certain thing that a man does doesn't mean that it doesn't it it doesn't mean that i'm trying to say that it's that's the woman's place in the kitchen no way that's the way it is yeah Yeah. but in the south asian family you're you're looking more of um the woman has to take care of the household and it's Mm -hmm. their responsibility to make sure it's you know a fam like making sure everything is done correctly and i i subscribe to that idea i don't think it's a, a a to a certain extent again but it's it's the whole because my my parents both share the responsibility of financial of everything but mm-hmm. it does mean that majority of the time because i'm the eldest and i'm a, i'm the eldest daughter i have to take responsibility for my family where i have to start doing dishes i have to start cleaning i have to start cooking i have to do all this stuff my brother was younger he was the youngest child too so like you know he wasn't really expected of doing it and he helps out a lot in a lot of different different aspects so he does most of the home improvement stuff or things like that if we need something like built or something like that he would do it or if we need some um assistance in you know technology and things like that he would do that like so he's the doer of the family i'm the i have to clean everything i have to make sure everything is done so we always had roles assigned to us um so because of that mentality we've always grown up with that i've always had that guilt that i'm not doing enough even though and and until this day i still do this where i'm like i can see that someone if someone is standing there in front of me and doing the dishes i am like oh yeah i'm i get like itchy where i'm just like i need to you know i need to help out and to do something i think that's just the mentality even though 
my mom can tell you that I am the worst at doing chores because I will I will take my sweet old time I'll blast music while vacuuming my dad gets so annoyed (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like that being said that's how I basically learned you know about independence and things like Mm -hmm. that it really helped me like when I moved out I was able to know exactly what to do when I needed something done no that's great I mean those are some of the I guess traits and institutions that you're like brought up with and so they just kind of stay instilled in you which is a really good thing I think and you want to be able to take that into your own home which you're making right right now so that's awesome Um, and I just want to clarify that it's not like I was just sitting on my couch all the time Mm -hmm. being lazy like a bum and not doing anything Um, I feel like there's definitely more that I could have done but I always uh, made a point to like contribute in some way and usually it was taking my parents out to dinner or um, you know I took them on vacation to Hawaii so I I've definitely done my part and like yeah but I still kind of have that guilt that like on a day-to-day when it's just one or two people that are managing an entire house it can be a lot and so um now I'm much more responsible I would say about taking care of house chores yeah I think you learn a lot when you're on your own about handling a household because then you're you're realizing that there's so much work that comes into it and to have it a certain way you need to be a certain way to, to, you know, maintain that same level that you, the same level of comfort you're used to. Definitely. I think that's a great segue into um, how moving home had a impact on our mental, emotional health. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we'll get into the social um, aspect of that too. But for me, it was such a treasure and such a blessing in disguise, I would say, going back home and reconnecting with family. And I really cherish that time to be able to do that because now I think about where I am in my life. I don't know that I'll ever move back home again. And so to have that time again with my parents was so invaluable, I would say. And it's nice to feel cared for. Um, especially when I was at a phase where I was single, still am. And so uh, to have your family just look out for the best interests of you and constantly pampering you, it's just a very warm feeling. Agreed. Um, I think when COVID hit and I had to move back um, because my time before was so short, um, I that was the time where I got to finally have all four of us like me my brother my parents in the same on the in the same house together for a long time I got to spend so many precious hours with my parents and even though they would say Roger you stay spent most of your time in in like in your room it's like I need my time alone (laughs) too you know you can't always be around people but we actually ended up we actually ended up uh, buying a um, new house so um we used to live in a yeah. uh yeah we used to live in a, a townhouse and 
we wanted more space and we wanted a backyard and we wanted all these things and um, something that we can put our roots in. And my dad always wanted something that, you know, he could have his grandchildren, you know, stay in. I know this sounds so weird coming from me. I know. (laughs) His entire... So wholesome. (laughs) His entire thing was, Raji, I want a backyard. So when you get married, I can have like all the, like some of the ceremonies in the backyard and stuff. I was just like, okay, you're gonna have to wait for that. But okay, cool. (laughs) Papa Panji. Yeah, I know. He was like, he was so excited to do that. And I know my brother was pushing. My mom really wanted it. So we finally moved into this um, bigger house. So we had a lot more space. And we spent most of COVID just, you know, utilizing the space and being, um, setting it up, making it homey and everything like that. And, um, it was so nice because I got to go down. Whenever I would go downstairs, I had someone to talk to. And I know that sounds, yeah. that's such a, that's such a small little thing, but it's like, I, it, it was so nice having someone constantly there for you. Like you said, a support system that's there. Um, and I have annoyed my parents to death with my problems. <laughs> Same girl. <laughs> but that also affected my mental health. Because I could feel that I was becoming a burden. Like, I think the only time I've ever felt like I hit rock bottom was in 2020. And I know a lot of people can say that, but just mental health-wise, living at home, not being able to go anywhere, um, having to mm. be, having to answer to someone all the time. And it, it just weighs on you. It definitely does. But those moments that you get to spend with your family are memories you're going to remember for the rest of your life and it you brought so much brightness into the home and and I think that's true for any college graduate moving back home because parents our parents Mm -hmm. get very lonely and they miss us so much more than we can ever imagine and it was just the little things like growing an actual friendship with my mom and going out for walks with her and opening up my heart to her like I never had before. And I mean that 100%. We had a very mother-daughter relation, like parent-child relationship before, but not a friendship. And that's something that formed after I moved back home. And then just like, you know, my dad asking me to come run errands with him, whether it was Home Depot or Costco. And and those are things that like seem so trivial uh, on a day to day, but actually matter so much to them and you. And it's, it's the reason why I feel like my parents mm-hmm. call me every day and I have to call them every day. I just can't not talk to them. So I think it's such a privilege to be able to have that experience. But it also means that we had to miss out on a lot socially. And that meant like my parents worrying about me constantly if I was outside of the house Mm -hmm. at like 10 p.m. even. And I would get calls from them, texts from them. Where are you? When are you coming? They would stay up until the wee hours of the night until I got back home. It's, it's not a comforting position to be in. It makes you feel so mm-hmm. damn guilty. And 
I think that was the point that made me realize I can't do this anymore for for your mental health and for theirs as well because they're constantly worrying about where you are but you're so used to like not having to be accountable for anything like you know you're not you're not used to having to answer for where you are what you what you're doing it's you know and the funny thing is my parents were married at 23 24 so they were out living on their own way before so they they understand that there's a need to be you know independent but Mm -hmm. i i think because of how close we got during that time it became a little bit more overbearing than it it needed to be and i i i really love that they cared so much but it was a constant of um I, I didn't go out again. I, I wasn't going out much. But when I did go out, it would always, um, it, it would seem the, that I felt, I, I, would, I would feel guilty for going out. Where it was that yeah. I should be spending more time with them. And if I'm not spending more time with them, then, you know, I'm losing out on opportunity to form more bonds with them and, you know, spend more time. Even though we had a whole year, it still doesn't seem enough sometimes. And that that guilt was just so constant that I, I needed to get out. And also, I don't know if you've ever heard of Life 360. It is the worst damn thing ever. <laughs> it's like... I've heard about it from you, and now I know what it is. Oh my god. <laughs> it was the, it's the worst invention ever. First of all, not just because I don't... I, I tell my parents where I'm going all the time. If I'm going somewhere, they know. But having someone look at your location and see that okay you might have taken a detour or oh you're at like a wawa (laughs) at like one o'clock in the morning as my brother has a lot of experience with it is the absolute worst it is like they're like i'd get a call if i'm i'm in a different like place like oh why are you here what what did you do can you explain Wawa? Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I feel like a lot of people on the West Coast aren't going to know what that is. And I was one of those. Wawa is an experience. <laughs> it's a it's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a it's a store that has like you can get sandwiches, hoagies. Um, you can get um, mac and cheese, which I really, really like. They have really good mac and cheese and things. So it's like fast food convenience store mixed into one. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that like, it's, you have to give up on a lot and it makes you feel so guilty. And that was the turning point for me. You, you started dating in, during COVID as well, right? So that was, I mean, you were, yeah. Quote unquote quote dating. Unquote. Like, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, four dates? so like I, I I noticed that like it was very difficult for me to go on dates at that point. Um, they my parents were super supportive. Yeah. They're very um. Very cool. They let me do whatever I want to do, but it was always that. Why didn't the date go more than one date? Like, why aren't you going on a second date with this person, or why aren't you going on a third date, or what happened with this person? I there's a lot of things that I just don't need. I don't need to explain to other people and especially my parents where or if I go on a date and I have to come back at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. and it's just like oh there's a curfew and they're like so what did you do and (laughs) you know 
talk. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very tough dating from home. My gosh. And it's hard to meet people living in the suburbs. And I don't want to bring them home to mom and dad just yet. <laughs> I think it's way too early for that. Yeah. I had my dad would peep out the window every single time someone would come pick me up. It was, <laughs> and he would threaten to like go outside and walk outside just as a joke and stuff. But he'd be like, aww. Who is this? We're going to look back at all these things and just smile and laugh about it. Yeah. Um, okay, last thing, and it's the biggest one, I think, is the impact finances had um, living at home versus on our own. Being brown is just so nice because I saved on rent. I saved on food. I saved on utilities. I saved on pretty much everything except my car lease and anytime I went out with friends. That's a huge cost savings. Mm -hmm. And so I am eternally grateful to my parents for that. And that gave me the ability to get a new car, spend money comfortably on dining and travel and big ticket items like I bought, you know, a bike because um, I was really into gymming and then I got a personal trainer so that was nice to have those comforts at the time giving me the ability to build up, build up a solid savings and emergency fund and you know save up for my future um, because one of my goals is to have a house by the time I'm 30 and I'm definitely gonna need the down payment for that especially in California because that's gonna rip my bank account into pieces mm-hmm. But um, I think one of the drawbacks was I wasn't following a budget. And you could say that I didn't need to. I really didn't need to. But moving to San Francisco and paying SF rent, I have to live by a budget now. And so if I wish I had that experience before. You know, even if my expenses were very low, just putting some structure into my finances would have really helped me out. What was it like for you? Oh my god, it was amazing. I did. <laughs> like truth be told, <laughs> for 6 months, I am not even joking, I did not spend a dime and I I felt guilty, of course, because I mean, what 25-year-old wants to live in, you know, live dependent on their parents? You know, it just is it's just not I don't know. It's just, for me, it's just not something that I wanted to do. I didn't see myself doing for a while. And I felt so guilty. And I felt every hour, every minute I was wasting, I was just wasting their money. Not to mention the fact that they paid for college too. So yeah, it was, it was just a, I just felt gross about it. I just didn't feel good about it at all. Um, but it was nice. It was a nice cushion. I know when I started making money, I had a lot more money to spend on recreational items that I would yep. normally be very frugal about. And I'm a very frugal person as it is. I know my mom always says this. I know for me, Grubhub and Instacart and all of those things are so <laughs> such a money um, draining thing right now. Yeah. Um, and I know I can see it right now because I'm just spending so much money on not just not just home stuff, not just rent and everything like that, but I'm also spending a lot of money on going out, doing all of those things. And 
I didn't have to worry about that under my parents because they take care of everything. Not and I was on their insurance, so what more could I ask for, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's it was very nice cushion and I appreciate every single thing that they do for me and I I don't think I can ever repay them in a million years. It just it's such a blessing to have to be able to um not have to worry. Do you have people that are willing to go the extra mile for you, stay there for you? You know, I, I I definitely do really appreciate my parents for all the support that they've given, not just financially, but also everything else. Like, thank you, mom and dad, for paying for everything. Thank you for um, letting feeding my shopping addic- addiction whenever I needed it. You know, <laughs> retail therapy. Yeah, I think you hit it on the nail. And I and I want to wrap up kind of on that note you know just a huge shout out and a big thank you and hug to all of the parents Mm -hmm. whether you're brown or different nationality um taking care of your kids after um they graduate even at different stages of their life and supporting them uh to put them in a better position so they can be independent and happy because you know, not all of us move back home for financial reasons. It can be mental, emotional too. It can be a whole slew of different reasons and we don't know how we'll repay it, but all we can do is thank you and show you how much we love you. And so as many, uh, I would say, challenges there are to moving back home, um, there's so much love that comes with that and gratitude. So I guess that's it for today. We hope you have an awesome rest of your week. And I'll just leave you with this. Uh, Life is like a plate of brownies. You can't appreciate the sweetness without tasting the slightly burnt edges. So come take a bite with us every week. And we hope you're having a great time so far. We'll see you next time. Bye.